Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. He's the man responsible for the Magnitsky Act. Bill Browder is the author of Red Notice. He's the founder of Hermitage Capital. He was declared to be a threat to Russian security. His lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky, in 2009 was killed while in Russian custody and he's back now to join us. Bill Browder, thank you for being here. You caught my eye again this week with a piece that you co-authored with Jeffrey Sonnenfeld and with Ambassador slash Governor John Huntsman. So greetings. Greetings to you, too. Can we remind people, I'm, I'm sorry to ask you to do this again, because every time you're on anybody's program, I know they want the same thing, but remind us, what is Magnitsky? What gave rise to the Magnitsky Act? So I was once the largest foreign investor in Russia. I discovered massive corruption in the companies I invested in. I exposed it, um, and in retaliation, they expelled me from the country, declared me a threat to national security, raided my offices, 
I hired a young lawyer, a Russian lawyer named Sergei Magnitsky, to defend me and help investigate the office raid. He discovered that the documents they seized were used in a complex $230 million government corruption scheme. He testified against the officials involved, and he was subsequently arrested, tortured for 358 days in custody, and murdered on November 16, 2009, at the age of 37 in a a Russian jail. And since then, I've been on a mission to get justice for him, which culminated in something called the Magnitsky Act, which freezes the assets and bans the visas of Russian human rights violators and kleptocrats. Meaning the idea was we can't do much internally in Russia, but we can surely apply force for any time that money moves out of country? Exactly. Basically, the Russians love to commit terrible crimes in their country, generally for money, and they don't want to keep that money in Russia. They want to keep it safe in the West. And that gives us this leverage, which is a lot of these people value money more than human life, and all of a sudden we can freeze their money. And we have been doing a lot of it since the Magnitsky Act has passed. And this is the basis for for all the um, sanctions against uh, uh, Russian officials and Russian oligarchs for the war in Ukraine. What role do you believe Putin himself played relative to the $230 million that you referenced? Well, we, we investigated who got the $230 million over a 10-year period, and we eventually um, found evidence that Putin got some of that money. So he was, and and what, I, what, I, what I believe is that he gets money from every crime, so every major government crime he's a recipient of, and that's how he's become the richest man in the world. I know that John McCain, the late, great John McCain, is deserving of a lot of credit for the Magnitsky Act coming into effect. I should point out it was a bipartisan piece of legislation. True? Indeed. So Senator Benjamin Cardin, a Democrat from Maryland, Senator John McCain, Republican from Arizona, co-sponsored the Magnitsky Act. It was um, it passed 92 to 4 in the Senate, 89 percent of the House of Representatives, truly bipartisanship all the way through. I don't think there was any disagreement in Washington at that time um, that Russia was and Putin was an evil actor. Now, there's a few people around Washington these days who are more pro-Putin, Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Lauren Boebert and, and uh, all these Matt Getz and these types of characters. But back then, there really wasn't anybody who was pro-Putin. How has Putin sought to upend the Magnitsky Act? Well, after it was passed, he he went crazy. He banned the adoption of Russian orphans by American families. He made it his single largest foreign policy priority to repeal the Magnitsky Act. He even sent a uh, uh, an emissary, a Russian lawyer, a female lawyer, to Trump Tower uh, in June 9, 2016, after Trump was nominated before he was elected, uh, with a request that if he becomes president, could he repeal the Magnitsky Act. Um, uh, Putin has been—he hates this legislation. He's been chasing me all around the world with, with death threats, kidnapping threats, eight Interpol arrest warrants, extradition requests. He even asked for me to be handed over when he met with Trump in, in Helsinki at the summit, uh, Trump-Putin summit in 2018. He asked Trump to hand me over. I mean, this is a guy who just really just hates anything where, where they're going after his money, and I—that was my—that was my cardinal sin was to go after his money. In other words, that that infamous, I think it was June of 2016, Trump Tower meeting that was set up by a promise of bringing dirt on Hillary. Bill Browder believes that the real purpose was to try and derail 
the Magnitsky Act? Well, it's not just my belief. We actually have Paul Manafort's notes, <laughs> and in his notes, that's what it says. So, and and everybody agreed. To, everybody, there was a lot of misinformation about that meeting. But the one thing that everybody admitted was that was that's what it was all about. Well, I I remember that the subject of adoption was a focal point of that meeting. And when I when I hear you say that Putin put an end to, uh, or at least uh, clamped down on Americans being able to adopt. Russian uh, infants, that it now makes sense that that was all a means of trying to do battle with you via the Magnitsky Act. Exactly. So whenever anyone says in the context of Russia talks about adoption, they're really talking about the Magnitsky Act. The the Russians don't care about their their orphans. They only care about their money. And um, Putin, I mean, just think about it. Putin basically uh, stopped allowing Americans to adopt Russian orphans. And these were orphans that often would die uh, in orphanages because they weren't getting uh, uh, proper care, and and Americans would adopt them, and particularly these sick ones. And so Putin was effectively sentencing his own orphans to death to protest the Magnitsky Act, give you some sense for how much they care about their children. Right. My understanding was always that, and I, I want to voice this delicately because I, I mean it with the highest respect, that the orphans available for adoption by Americans often were those with disabilities and that we were, you know, I mean, you know, like we were doing God's work and, and we were also doing a favor for the orphans and that Putin was happy to have us because then he didn't have to deal with those who would otherwise require a heightened level of care. That's exactly right. So there were kids with uh, Down syndrome, uh, right. fetal alcohol syndrome, right. spina bifida, HIV, and, and Americans would come with open arms and open hearts on a yearly basis and take thousands of these kids back and nurse them to health, and a lot of them would die in the orphanages because they just didn't have the facilities or the capability to treat them. And so he, Putin was sentencing his own orphans to death um, because of the Magnitsky Act. It's just, you know, he would, ra- he would rather death. see those orphans already dealt a difficult hand suffer further than allow the Americans to, to participate because of his concern over the Magnitsky Act. That, that's correct. And um, uh, it's, it's really something... And these were children that had no voice, you know, no right. voice, no, no advocates, no, no, nobody to speak on their half, behalf. And uh, he's just saying, you know what, you can die in a Russian orphanage, no problem. So, Bill Browder, what is life like for you? You reference the death threats. I, I won't reference the country, but I can see the telephone number where we reached you is out of the United States. What is life like for you today on a day-to-day basis? This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com.
If you're like me, it's now the end of the day and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit, credit to the people. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. What is life like for you today on a day-to-day basis? Well, when Putin decides to go after you, um, he never forgives and he never forgets. And so uh, this has been going on for more than than 15 years. And there's constant, up till this minute, constant uh, pressure, harassment, lawsuits, um, interference, um, hacking, and of course the, viola- the, the threat of violence uh, around every corner. And so it's a, uh, you know, it is what it is, but it's not a pleasant thing. Bill Browder is the author of Red Notice. How diminished do you think he is by the Wagner Group Progozin business? I think it's the single worst thing that's ever happened to him in his life as the president of Russia. In the last, in which he's been involved in for the last 23 years, he has come away from this whole incident looking weak, um, incompetent, uh, scared, and these are all traits and, and and impressions that you don't want to project if you're a dictator and want everybody to be scared of you, which is how he stays in power. He's supposed to be the strong man, and he looks like the weak man. And being weak as a strong man leads to other people getting the same idea. And I think that this is potentially the beginning of the end of Putin. The only thing that could save him is if he can somehow uh, become so ruthless that he's been able that he'll be able to uh, reimpose this feeling that he's he's such a vindictive and scary guy that nobody wants to mess with him. 
Why does Bill Browder think that Pergozin made a U-turn? Well, I think it's very – so in, in reality, he only had 8,000 um, soldiers with him on his march to Moscow. Russia is a country with 141 million citizens. There's no way that 8,000 people could take over such a large country unless um, the other people on the uh, in the establishment were ready to go along with it. And I suspect that he had people he, who had agreed to go along with it, which is why he made his way to Moscow. And as he approached, those people got cold feet for one reason or another, and um, he realized that he didn't have the support he was going to need to finally pull it off. And that's why he stopped. What does it mean in the context of the war in Ukraine? Is there a threat, I guess would be my specific question, of Putin now doing something dramatic, trying to establish his bona fides in the court of public opinion? Well, I think it's more likely he's going to try to establish his bona fides in Russia. He needs to show the Russians how ruthless he is. He needs to conduct uh, an almighty purge of disloyal people in order for everybody to say, you know what, I just got to be 100% loyal because I'm afraid of dying or going to jail. Um, that's what I think he's going to do. Vis-a-vis the war in Ukraine, this is a big win for Ukraine. Uh, first of all, Wagner, which is the only effective fighting force out there, has now been disbanded. Second, well, uh, Prigozhin showed the whole world and showed all Russians how badly these towns were defended. He just rolled right into Rostov, which is crazy. They have a big military base there. And so um, I, I've, I've just learned today that um, the president, the head of the president's National Guard, a guy named Zolotov, has requested um, much more advanced and lethal equipment to protect, you know, the inside of Russia. And, and with a limited supply of equipment, that means that some of the stuff they were using to fight the war in Ukraine is going to have to be reallocated. And so that's very helpful to have that. Um, and then, and then the other thing, which is really important, is that uh, every time the Ukrainians make more progress in their fight, um, there's more infighting that happens in, in Russia as everyone's second-guessing everybody else. And so you put all this stuff together, and I think this is a, a very strong, helpful uh, wind on the back of the Ukrainians as they continue their counteroffensive. I'm sure that Bill Browder saw the, the, the people who were fist-bumping Prigozhin, cheering Wagner, when all of a sudden he got in that motorcade and now we didn't know at the time, but he was going to head for Belarus. What were they applauding? What were they fist bumping? Why that outpouring of support? Because he's the only guy who is ready to, to call the spade a spade and who can get away with it. He called the war pointless. He called the war, uh, you know, the pretext a fraud. And, and, he, and he calls the, the sacrificing of these, hundreds of thousands of young Russian men uh, to be a total uh, waste. And, and this is what everybody's thinking, but nobody is allowed to say it. And he was saying it and, and people like that because it's true. And I mean, I mean he's not a sympathetic character at all. I mean, this is a rapist, murder, terrible criminal uh, uh, with every different, different uh, bad, uh, bad thing going on with him. But, but um, for the Russians anyways, uh, he's somebody who, who's, you know, speaking to, to what they care about. And, and that's why, I mean, just think about this. The Russians were supposed to um, spend, it was only going to take them three days to get to Kiev, and they were going to be met with people with flowers on their tanks. And, of course, you know, here we are, 
225,000 dead soldiers later in, in a, just a mass, um, the most massive war. But then all of a sudden, Prigozhin could drive straight into Rostov and take over with, with exactly the scenario that they envisaged in Kiev. It's kind of funny. A final uh, question. And by the way, thanks, Bill Browder, for being so gracious with your time. You point to the fact that he had said that the war was pointless, and that's why he was being so well received. I wondered, is it that because the people who were fist bumping him and cheering, they don't want this war to continue? Or he's also a guy who claimed that he was under uh, provided in terms of ammunition. I, I wondered and I don't have your expertise or knowledge, obviously, but I wondered if they were looking at him and cheering him because he wants to take it up a few notches. Well, I mean, he, he wanted to take it up a few notches, but I think they're cheering on him because he's sort of this, this cult hero. This, you know, the, he's not sitting in a bunker in Moscow and, and you know, hiding away from everybody. He's out there on the field with his guys. And as much as he's a detestable, you know, horrible, murderous man, um, you know, from a Russian perspective, that's, that's the kind of person they want. Is someone out, you know, brave out there with his men fighting a war, not, not, not a person like Putin who can't get anywhere near the front because he's so paranoid. Your book is called Red Notice. Thank you so much. That was really informative, and I am appreciative. Thank you. That's Bill Browder, ladies and gentlemen. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.